You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We are just two weeks away from the NFL draft. What will the Cowboys do? How will they approach it? Well, it's time to get riled up and find out. It's riled up on the Cowboys here with my man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White. You can follow him at Tom Ryle BTB. You can hit me up at RW3 on Twitter. And of course, you can find all the great content for Blogging the Boys at bloggingtheboys.com and at Blogging the Boys on Twitter as well. And Tom, it's been an interesting buildup. Not so quiet on the frontier. Of course, we're keeping you updated on the website with all of the Cowboys 30 visits as well as the Dallas Day uh, individuals that'll be involved here in uh, at at uh, at Ford Field. So we're having fun with all that. We're keeping you up to date with all of that. But the conversation keeps coming back to Tom. How are the Cowboys going to approach the first round, knowing that they can really go any which way they please outside of most people believe, you know, quarterback and special teamers. So with that in mind. You went digging and found a little article that uh, maybe gave some ideas as to how the Cowboys front office should approach it. And we should all keep in mind that, you know, no one really knows how the Cowboys truly do things behind the scenes. We like to think that we do, but truth be told here lately, you know, they've kept a lot of the big moves that they've made fairly quiet. So hopefully... The Cowboys will employ more of this strategy and thinking than maybe we think they do. Yeah, and and don't go being false modest on me. No false modesty. You're the one that pointed me at the article. Uh, Well, uh, I just say I think this is like I read it and I say this is interesting. I don't know how to turn it into anything. And, of course, Tom turns it into a great article (laughs) uh, just by skimming through it in about five minutes. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, what happened was that the article by Bill Barnwell at ESPN, uh, it's not on their paid side. So you can, anybody can go in and read it. He was looking at the whole question of taking B. John Robinson in the first round for anybody to take him in the first round, which may have to go back in and dig into some of his other stuff because there's a lot of meat. It's a long article. But down towards the end, he had this table up that I thought was very interesting and a very interesting take on things. He went and looked at the 14 playoff teams from last season. The 14 teams that did the best in the league, the guys that got to the postseason. And he went in and broke down how their players were acquired there. And what he did was another interesting thing was he just looked at the top 10 or the 10 most significant players for the season on offense and defense. Uh, 
So you don't have to worry about whether the team plays uh, two or three linebackers or how much time they're, they're, they're in a weird coverage or how often they're three wide receivers versus two or four. He just looked at basically the top quarterback, the top running back, the top two wide receivers, and so on down the list. And he broke out how they were all uh, acquired and what jumped out at me was his column on how many were drafted in the first round. Because we're concerned about how are the Cowboys going to use pick 26. And since we don't really have this one burning need, and, you know, of course, we're still waiting to find out how the draft will shake out. Uh, I'm curious, where is it best to invest that position-wise? And this was had some really interesting things in it. Uh, the the first thing that came up, and this isn't particularly relevant to the Cowboys because Dak Prescott's going to be here. They ain't planning on moving on from him uh, unless they were forced to. And we won't mention the one thing that would force them to do that because I don't like curses. <laughs> but there were eight of the 14 teams that made the playoffs last year had a first-round quarterback which says to me that if you've got a good player, that's always a great investment. Mm -hmm. Dallas got lucky, got one in the fourth round. So we're just going to move on to that and get into the meat of things, which is where might the Cowboys use a pick? The next one up is the one that kind of precipitated the whole article, and that is running back. And if you look at the 14 playoff teams, and remember this includes the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants, there were three of them that had a first-round running back, which says to me first-round running backs don't pay off in overall team performance. Now, that's admittedly, you're kind of looking at a narrow thing, kind of a specific and you're looking just at an overall, but I like it that this is based on what 14 te- teams did. And it's the 14 teams that had the first level of success getting into the playoffs last season. Mm-hmm. This is just an argument to me that, okay, yeah, we don't, probably don't want to see Bijan there when the Cowboys go on the clock. Well, I think it's. Uh, I mean, I still think in Bijan's case, right? All things considered, it's very unlikely he'll be there for the Cowboys mm-hmm. because one team probably doesn't think like Bill Barnwell or like, in my opinion, the way that NFL teams should think about running backs when they address them. Um, because ultimately, this is a conversation about how much more value can that pick provide at their salary number than a similar player who provided the same level of performance at that position? And, you know, as we go on in this conversation and continue, I'll let you pick it up from where you left off. But the, you know, the fact that quarterback is an obvious one, right? Everyone knows that that's going to be the case. But the running backs that were involved, I mean, we can name them. And yeah, they were significant pieces of their team and of their offense, but they weren't the pieces that made their offenses successful, right? 
Zeke was one of those first round running backs. Mm -hmm. And we know that he wasn't worth anything. And I think this, this is an interesting point because, Hey, plenty of teams have taken running backs in the first round. uh, But how many of them are actually utilizing them in a successful manner or from a team success standpoint? Or are they making the contribution the team needs? Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, when you just kind of try to look at the whole big picture of all this, when you see so few of those teams, you know, three out of 14 that had a first round pick invested in the, in one of the, in their lead running back, it just says that that's not what push is what's pushing the team forward. If you go to the next position, that's wide receiver. And nine of the teams had a first round wide receiver. Boy, don't make me say that three times fast, Mm. okay? Uh, That says that, hey, if the Cowboys are sitting there at 26 and, like, Zay Flowers is there or somebody like that that's seen as a first-round caliber wide receiver, I don't think they can go wrong there. It doesn't matter what you think about the current roster situation. Now, even if you are looking at the Cowboys being pretty much set after the Brandon Cooks trade, I think a first-round running back would come in and they immediately would be in the conversation on moving into the wide receiver three spot if they prove out in camp. Does that that sound reasonable? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I would say so. And and when you say you meant first round wide receiver, right, would be playing for that wide yeah. receiver role. I agree. If they took one in the third in the first round, they would absolutely be considered to be in the mix and in competition with Michael Gallup for that number three spot going into. I camp. wouldn't. I, I would have I that expectation. Be, I wouldn't be uh, surprised at all if they were penciled in ahead of Gallup going into camp and they were just waiting to make them prove themselves. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. I mean, that's spicy, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. again, uh, it wouldn't surprise me either, I suppose, because as this shows, right, wide receiver is one of those positions where you can cash in big on surplus value. Justin Jefferson is still making less than like $5 million a year. Now I think his fifth year option is going to bump him up to like $20 million to where he's finally getting paid close to a top tier wide receiver. Right. But for what he's been making versus what he's worth on the open market, that's a $25 million difference in terms of salary allocation that you can use elsewhere. And yeah, if you could get me a Justin Jefferson, not necessarily saying it needs to be a Justin Jefferson, but something close, that is definitely worth the squeeze at 26 yeah. in the first round. And the ar- remember the argument for Michael Gallup staying at wide receiver three, no matter who they draft behind him, is his contract. Yeah. That's, a jo- that's a Jones concern. I ain't too sure that's a McCarthy concern. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and that is a contract that they can be out of after next season as well. Yeah. So if they feel like the writing is on the wall to begin with, I wouldn't think there's any hesitation that we see less Michael Gallup and more of whomever 
they decide to take in the first round, if that is an option. And more and more, I'm leaning in this direction. I think ultimately the way that the chips are going to fall, I think they, I think my mind is leaning that they wind up taking a wide receiver. But this shows that that wouldn't be a bad move. Yeah. Now there's there's been a lot of talk lately, uh, mock drafts and stuff that have the Cowboys going tight end in, at twenty six. Mm. Uh, which That's I was kind of about that. Yeah, I was kind of warming up to that idea until I saw this this table. And it's like if there's a red flag on this table, it's tight end. Guess how many playoff teams had a first round pick tight end on their roster this past January? Just take a guess. Uh I mean I'd had to think two. Zero none. Not a one. Uh, we know, uh, you know, that Pitts was taken uh, not too long ago as a first-round pick, but, yeah, he didn't get his team to the playoffs. That, I guess what that tells me is that, why, that tight end, maybe even more than running back, doesn't matter. Hmm. Uh, we talk about these superstar tight ends, but maybe they are just, the unicorns, the 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 exception that proves the rule, or something. Uh, and I, you know, you, you see this, you think, God, is is a tight end, a first round tight end, more likely to be kind of a drag on the team because of what they passed up on? Yeah, uh, and you weigh that against what you're hearing so much about this draft, which is it's the deepest tight end class we've ever seen. It's the most talented tight end class that we've ever seen. There could be three, four first round tight ends. And then you look at these numbers and you look at the way the league values the position. And then I'll also throw in, and perhaps this isn't a fair evaluation of draftees, but I'll say that it happens in fantasy football every season. If you play fantasy <laughs> football, you will inevitably come up with 12 to 14 tight ends. By the time the draft comes around, that could potentially break out. And by the end of the season, the same thing always happens. There's two to three guys that are in a class of their own. Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey one year. Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, another Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller, another right. But none of the guys put together consistent year after year yeah. performances at the position. And again, this kind of details at least other teams that are finding success in the NFL are not investing premium picks at the position, even if there are talented players available there. And I'm not I mean disputing that in this draft, but I am saying that I agree. This is enough of a red flag for me, to be quite yeah. honest with you. This is enough of a red flag that I will call foul if they draft a tight end in the first round. Yeah, I, I'm not going to get as concerned if uh, they make what I see as a, a mistake in the first round this year because I just feel like the the roster doesn't need the huge infusion of talent that a good first round pick can give you at the right position for your team but 
Yeah, I, it's a dangerous statement to make, Tom. We know what yeah. happened the last time we yeah. said that. Yeah, but tight end, just yeah, I, I'm starting to think may, maybe we need to slow that roll way down. Now, if you want something that is almost always a good investment of a first round pick, it's offensive tackle because that may be the one place you almost have to have a first-round pick if you're going to get ahead. 12 of the playoff teams carry a, carried a first-round offensive tackle on their roster. And no, Dallas didn't double-count Tyler Smith and Tyron Smith on this chart because it said it was the 10 most important players the past season. And Tyron Smith was very late coming back from his injury, so he didn't count. Uh, Tyler Smith was the guy for the Cowboys, which, you know, raises the other question, what the Cowboys really want to do that? Well, see, there's a twist with the Dallas Cowboys and it, in Tyler Smith is an illustration of it. They draft offensive tackles with an eye towards whether they can move inside and play guard. That was the plan for Tyler Smith. You know, I, I, it seems like I mentioned that every week uh, because I, I, I just want to make sure it stays in people's heads that the Cowboys were not planning for Tyler Smith to play his rookie season at left tackle. He was supposed to be the left guard. Then Tyron got hurt. Tyler had to kick out. And then they had to use Connor McGovern all season. But to be clear on that, they wanted long-term Tyler to be the answer at tackle, right? Yeah, but here, here's the twist. If you if they drafted a stud offensive tackle, a guy that just was born to play the position kind of guy, well, Tyler can go back to learning left guard. Mm. <laughs> you know, think about it. It's it's it, it, There's two holes that could cover, and there's a few ways you could do it. Uh I just will say if, if they call out a, a an offensive tackle on day one of the draft, I'm going to go. That's me politely clapping, folks. I don't think that picked up on the mic. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, that doesn't bother me. Now, between offensive guard and offensive center, there were only five players total that, that were first-round draft picks, which – that, I think, is just a reflection of the NFL does not think that's a good place to invest a first-round pick, which just goes to show us how special Zach Martin is. And if you want to look at it, how special Travis Frederick was, that the Cowboys had two really great interior offensive linemen they picked in the first round because other teams – don't seem to be able to do that. Yeah. They're out there. They don't have them. They don't have guys that rise up and become stars uh, with first round picks. They're having to depend on their, their day two, day three guys or trades, uh, free agent signings, that kind of stuff. Well, this is also so, one of the, the sets of positions that it seems like in free agency, you see guys have such a high variance, right? They could be on a yeah. bad offensive line the year before and have looked terrible and then get to a good one and look great, right? Or they could 
have been buoyed by being around a good offensive line, get to a new one and look terrible. Right. I think of Lyle Collins as a specific example that looked a lot worse when he had kind of less help around him. Um, And these three positions, right. You got to remember when combining these three positions, that's, that's 42 different positions amongst those 14 teams, only five of them being invested, having been invested in the first round. Yeah. That's not a high hit rate. Yeah. And I want to add, you made a good point. I just want to add something to it. We don't, I think, properly understand what coaching and scheme does as far as the impact it has on the performance of the offensive line uh, and the individual players. You know, I think some guys just get in the right scheme with the right coach and they thrive. They go someplace, they don't have a good coach. The scheme doesn't seem suited to their particular skill set. And you can figure out what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you flip to the other side of the ball and kind of, edge is kind of like wide receiver. There were 10 of these teams, uh, 10 out of 14. So, you know, the majority that had a first round pass rusher, which if there was one of these numbers that just seemed to fit all the, the conventional wisdom, the cliches, whatever, you know, it's that you can never have too much pass rush that on defense, the most important player is an outstanding pass rusher. And obviously these successful teams were going out there and they were looking for uh, a lot of them went out there to get themselves that pass rusher and they found them, you know, so, 10 of the teams had a first-round uh, draft pick. I'm guessing that Barnwell was counting Michael Parsons in this number, although he didn't break out by name. Uh, so, yeah, the Cowboys did real well a couple of years ago. Uh, and that's another thing. I wouldn't think Edge would come to mind. It doesn't come to mind for me as someone I would expect the Cowboys to pick. But you look at this argument, and it's right back to, well, this is just such a much there's a much better chance of hitting with that guy and let them worry about how to get him worked in you know come up with some of these nascar packages where you've got three and four edge rushers out there on the field at the same time just some of them are coming from the middle well just like if they went offensive line i would feel extremely confident given their history If they went defensive line, I'm going to feel extremely confident because I know Dan Quinn's the one in charge of being responsible for putting them in positions to execute. And he's going to find ways, I think, to develop a young player if they decide to go that route. Um, But this, of course, speaks to, I mean, hey, if you're going to invest heavily in offensive linemen, especially tackles, the reason that is happening is because – they've got to fend off the best pass rushers that are left in the NFL because they're typically on some of the better teams in the NFL. So it is a cascading somewhat effect there between the defensive pass rush and, and protecting the quarterback, which should, should come as no surprise to anybody that watches football. But with that being said, right, that's where potentially I think the best value lies here in the first round, especially for a team that can play anywhere on the board. 
that can make any yeah. selection on the board potentially. Yeah. Now, what? Speaking of surprises, though, I was a yes. little surprised at the next number. That did too. I was surprised here because what would yeah. I say on the defensive side if the offensive side is offensive line and wide receiver? The defensive side is going to be pass rusher and cornerback. Yeah, but that's not how the other teams have built their rosters. Seven first-round picks, seven defensive tackles taken in the first round were playing in the playoffs. Mm. Half of the teams basically had one. And that kind of – now, let's face it. One of the reasons it sets me back is the Cowboys haven't done that in forever. Yeah. So maybe it's a little bit of I, I I don't know what that uh, what that particular kind of bias is, but it's well, just it that's bucks what I'm Cowboys conventional wisdom, but I think it bucks NFL conventional wisdom as well. Typically NFL teams don't like to invest a lot in premium up the middle talent, but then again, if you have premium up the middle talent, what a difference it makes. Yeah. And that that may even make the argument stronger because if other teams aren't investing a lot of draft picks, that it's kind of rare that a first round pick gets used on a, a defensive tackle, then that apparently helps your team a whole lot. Yeah. That that that, that got that seven of the teams were riding one of those guys into the playoffs. Yeah. Seven interior tackles against five first round interior offensive linemen, right? Amongst yeah. those three different positions, that's an edge in terms of just uh, strategic effectiveness. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping maybe Dan Quinn really wants him a good defensive lineman if there's one there in the first round. That would be that would be the hope. Now, so linebacker was a little bit of a surprise in the fact that they had there were six first round draft picks. Uh, in the play, in the uh, playoffs, which once again Dallas was there, uh, you know they had Leighton Vanderesh on the team. Uh, that was a, having six of them in the playoffs was a little bit stronger showing than I expected. So, uh, you know, maybe we kind of undervalue that. Uh, I think this may. Whether or not the Cowboys could conceivably do it may kind of depend on how good Damone Clark is in his second season, uh, since he should be playing a full season instead of having to sit out most of it while he recovers recovered from injury uh, coming mm-hmm. into the the league. Uh, you know they've got Van Der Esch on a, a a very reasonable, I think it's two year deal. So a linebacker as a future play that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. Uh, Another one of these negative surprises is that I did not expect it to be so low, though. There were only four first-round cornerbacks in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I thought cornerbacks were just always a hot commodity in the first round. You were always looking for that shutdown corner. Well, and it's not like guys haven't been taken in the first round. They're just typically not taken on very good teams or make a big enough impact early on to propel those teams in the playoffs, because we just saw the number three overall pick, Jeff Akuda, who was traded away from the Lions to the Falcons for a fifth round pick. And 
you know, that's sometimes how far these guys fall. If they're on a bad team, again, scheme, they can look awful. That one I think is uh, a bit of an anomaly only because teams are still investing first round picks in cornerbacks just because yeah, teams if- from last year's playoff group didn't make it. Teams are still investing a lot of first round picks in, in cornerbacks. Yeah. And that may, that may have a lot to do with it. Uh, just the, the fact that a, a lot of these great first round talents are going in the first eight to 10 picks which are bad teams trying to come out. And as we all know, some teams get kind of mired there and it takes them many years to finally break out of that, break out of the doldrums. I think cornerback may be one of those flashy glamour positions where people get wasted, uh, you know, and there's a, we have to remember that the other, uh, was it 18 teams that didn't make the playoffs? They all had first-round picks all over their their rosters. But, God, that would be a fascinating study to look at what happened. Yeah, this this position specifically, like, to me, was the one anomaly of the whole thing. Because, again, I look at Sauce Gardner, first-round pick, bang, like, absolute home run hit. Jalen Ramsey, first-rounder, bang, absolute home run hit. But – he didn't find his footing until after he left the horrible position that he was in in Jacksonville. Sauce yeah. Gardner may find his footing there in, you know, in New York once they get Aaron Rodgers in tow. But uh, <laughs> until then, right, like they're still up in the air. But it, that that position is interesting. Of course, for the Cowboys specifically, no issues if they go cornerback in the first round. I'll probably applaud that selection as well, not knowing if the talent is worth it just yet. Again, great opportunity to potentially hit or save yourself some money by not having to make the big payment in free agency or otherwise at the position. Yeah. The the, the only position left is one where basically the Cowboys' approach lines up with everybody else's approach. <laughs> there were only three first-round safeties that were in the playoffs. The Cowboys hate to spend anything more than pocket change on a safety in just about any way you look at it. So, yeah, you just wouldn't expect them to pick it, uh, pick a safety. So when I just looked at all this, uh, I really, really cooled off on the idea of running back and tight end in the first round. I had been warming up to it. And the gas under that particular pot of water just got turned off for me. Uh, I, I'm still not going to scream the way I maybe did over a few picks in the past few seasons, but I still think there's better ways they can do it. And, and it's the three that to me look like the best places to go are offensive tackle edge and defensive tackle. Uh, wide receiver would probably be be another one, but I was just stuck by how the fact that three of your people, three of the positions that are most valuable are on the line. The old philosophy of you build your roster from the middle out. Mm -hmm. You build it from front to back. First, you get your line solidified, and then – everybody else you build in behind them 
which is kind of the opposite of how they're treated, except maybe for the pass rushers. Those guys are just generally seen as the grunt guys, you know, the ones that are just out there doing the dirty work. They don't get a lot of glamour. They don't get a lot of fame. And yet they may be the real key to team success. Well, it's not sexy, but for what it's worth, the team that has spent the most first-round capital over the last 15 years along the defensive line, the San Francisco 49ers. And we all know what type of feared pass rush they have had over the years. So for that reason, um, it is just uh, – it's just – been something else to see what teams will invest in there in the first round and and particularly this article i think highlighted what we can hopefully focus on you and i and i agree with you offensive line defensive line edge or interior wide receiver and i am still going to throw cornerback in the conversation even though i know that this study did not show that to be the case so with that Next week, we're going to have our buddy Bobby Belt on to preview the Cowboys draft and get you ready for that just two weeks away. And, of course, we'll have all the action there on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe to that. For Tom, I'm Roy. Y'all stay right up on the Cowboys. We'll see you next Thursday. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.